0: Welcome back to The Truth with Ben and Niall. All right, so we just did a Packers podcast. Um, Go check that one out. And you know what? Stay tuned for this one, too, because I think this will be a great one as well. So first, we're going to jump into the NFL's plan to start the season. So the players have to decide today if they want to opt out of the 2020 season.
1: Yeah, and you know, a lot of questions have been circling around, like, when is the NFL season going to start? Is it going to start on time? Is it going to be delayed? You know, I think the NFL was taking into consideration what MLB and uh, MLB were doing. Um, But anyways, today was the deadline for players to opt out of the season due to COVID. When I was looking at the list, actually, a lot of people were opting out, uh, but a lot of names, you know, didn't look familiar. So I'm just going to go over just a couple of players uh, that people probably know about um that have decided to opt out of the year so first one i got cj mosley i think uh, a lot of people know him he's a linebacker for the uh jets damian williams halfback from the super bowl uh winning team kansas city chiefs i think that might be a big loss nate soldier uh giants offensive lineman uh i think nate Shil- nate soldier has been a veteran in the league now for a while reason why i put him in the key players now is notice because the giants offensive line was really struggling um, especially, you know, trying to help Barkley and Jones. I think Nate Soldier is one of their, one of their best linemen, especially as a veteran. He's opting out. And Dante Hightower, Pat- Patriots uh, linebacker is opting out. A lot of Patriots players are opting out this year, but those are just some of the key players uh, that people are probably familiar with that are sitting out the, this upcoming season.
0: So you said Damien Williams, correct? Yes, I did. So right there, that's a big fantasy implication. So that really puts um... – Their new draft pick, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, in that number one spot, which really I think a lot of people had questions about well, is he going to get carries with Damian Williams in there? But there's your answer. He probably will get a lot more carries and um, get a lot more action in that offense. But what we know so far okay, so teams are right now practicing at facilities, so they're practicing at their stadiums, and if they're Practice facilities are closer, stadium, they're there. But right now they're really trying to contain the teams and the players, really trying to limit the exposure to COVID. Obviously, um, we've now known that the bubble will not be the structure for the NFL. It's not going to be like the NBA or NHL. It's a lot harder, I think, for the NFL, just because there's so many games in one day, really. So they're going to have to really be cautious about how they – transfer players and really how they contain players and how they are going to put punishments on players if they don't follow guidelines which we'll see what these guidelines are going to start popping up to be three so all teams must maintain a two-week supply of COVID equipment so that really consists of tests um, medicine different things like that really making sure that teams aren't running around with players that have the virus and limiting, once again, that exposure. Now another one. There will be no fans at training camp. Now, most people already know this. There's still a lot of questions on if fans are going to be in the games. Really, I think the smartest idea for that would be do the cut in the stands or do some kind of electronic fans. So next, we also know that there will be no fans at training camp. Now, as far as the season goes, we don't know about that yet. But we're most likely assuming that there will be no fans at the games. That would probably be the smartest decision to limit the transmission of the disease and the virus. Last thing, preseason is still a possibility. So there could be one or two games. It's still up in the air, maybe to get some players ready to go and maybe test out how this virus will spread if they do a couple preseason games like week three or week four of preseason I think they should just wait till the season I know they'd like to be in a game atmosphere for a couple times or scrimmage atmosphere but let's just get to the season have our drafts so we don't have to worry about at least not seeing one week of football
1: yeah and You were talking about, you know, how the NFL didn't want uh, or is not doing a bubble compared to like the NBA, NHL, Um, NBA and NHL, as far as I know right now, have not recorded a positive test since uh, teams entered the bubble. The MLB, however, has had a lot of uh, tests Two specific uh, teams, the St. Louis Cardinals and Miami Marlins have had some outbreaks, but. You know, after reading uh, some articles about, you know, why did they get the ar- outbreaks and, and things of that nature, a lot of it, uh, or at least most of it, the reason why they were they supposedly were getting the virus was because uh, players were going out uh, to whether it was to go to restaurant, you know, bar, uh, go get clothes, whatever the case scenario is. So if that doesn't not happen, if players don't go out and you know go do that stuff. We might not see a positive test in the MLB, I mean obviously Juan Soto in the first day of year, but really not many outbreaks or positive tests, so it's interesting to see how the NFL will implement that and COVID restrictions this year, whether there's punishments for people that you know don't abide by the rules because one player getting infected could infect the whole season and put the whole season in jeopardy so it's very interesting to see how they'll do it this year. I do like, though, that they're not doing a bubble. I think it would be way too hard for the NFL since they only really play on one day besides, you know, Thursday night, Monday night games. As far as fans are concerned, I'm a big believer in kind of like waiting and seeing until it gets really close because I feel like obviously the situation we're in right now is not looking too hot. And, you know, the season's about a month away. But you never know. You know, something miracle could happen in the next month. So I don't like – postponing everything or not having fans or saying that you can't have fans so it comes way closer to the season. That's just in general for life, you know, like, you know, online school for colleges and things. So I'd like to see. I think personally it would be better if there's not many fans, if any. I think I like the idea of having cutouts like the MLB does. It's very cool to see. But we'll see how it ends up going now. You know, football is a very contact sport. You know, players are always on top of each other. Um, tackling each other, you know, you're probably sweating. So we'll see how it ends up turning out. But very interesting so far by the NFL.
0: With that, I don't want to talk about too much of that before we spiral on for 20 more minutes. We're going to get into sleepers, busts, and top rookies, all considering fantasy implications and whatnot. So let's kick it off with sleeper quarterbacks. My first quarterback, Cam Newton. All right. So Cam is hungry. He's ready to go, and I think he's going to be in a solid system where he can succeed. I think they're going to let him scramble at the goal line. They have, he has guys he can dump it down to. He's got a lot of options. His wide receivers aren't – I mean, you got Edelman and Sanu, and I think he can work with those two guys. And really, I think just getting the chance to play is going to lead him a long way. So I'm excited to see Cam Newton, and I think he's going to be a big player this year.
1: Yeah, I like Cam Newton. He's one of my sleepers. I'll get to him a little later on. I'm going to go with Jared Goff. Now, you know, we all know Jared Goff famously uh, played for the Rams, you know, made it to the Super Bowl not too long ago, but really had a down year last year. He was thrown way too many interceptions, had a career high with 16 interceptions. His yards, for the most part, were theirs. Touchdowns were his lowest of his career. He's got the options. He knows how to get the ball downfield. He's just a little too carried away with throwing the ball, which leads to interceptions, but you know, honestly, this year I think people in fantasy terms, you know, when they're drafted, I think they're gonna really pass up on him. I'm not saying he's gonna be, you know, number one quarterback option. I, I could always, you could always see him as a backup quarterback on your team to fill him in for those one or two weeks. But Jared Goff, I think, is gonna be a sleeper this year. I think he's gonna have a bounce back year and can help the Rams go back to that Super Bowl uh, contending team. Yeah, the Rams have a solid
0: team, and Goff, really, yeah, like you said, he had a questionable year. So hopefully he can bounce back. He's not on my sleeper list, but hopefully he can bounce back and have a successful year. He's got the weapons to do it, so he's just really got to lock in and succeed, I guess. But my next sleeper, Ben Roethlisberger. Coming off an elbow surgery, a lot of people are really doubting him, and I think he has a lot of options. Now, they're not flashy options, not Antonio Brown, not Le'Veon Bell, but he's got Juju Smith-Schuster, And this year, Juju has a little more in his wide receiver options, I guess. He has more room to succeed because there's other distractions. They've got Deontay Johnson. They have got Chase Claypool. He is another guy, rookie. They just drafted him out of Notre Dame. He'll be a really big red zone threat that I think can also help Ben Roethlisberger. And as well as James Washington and other smaller guys that can get catches here or there, plus the add to Eric Ebron. So I think Roethlisberger has a lot of throwing options, and obviously he's got Connor who can catch out of the backfield as well. So we'll see if this surgery that took him out for a year will help him. Otherwise, if he doesn't have a good year this year, it might be the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career as we know it.
1: Yeah, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, very interesting. I picked him last year in my fantasy draft in one of my leagues, and he got injured, like, week three. So, not really uh, too happy with him. But, you know, you say he's looking great. I haven't really seen uh, much footage of him uh, with his arm. I did see something where, like, his tendons, like, tore off the bone or something. So, see how he handles, you know, the surgery – this is a really telling year, I think, for Ben Roethlisberger in terms of his career, especially with uh, Pittsburgh. If he can have a good bounce-back year, I think he can stay and be a valuable threat in the league. But if he's, you know, having a bad year, I think it might be the end, like you mentioned. I'm going to go with a weird pick here for a sleeper. I'm go with Kyler Murray. Now, he obviously is the number one draft pick, and obviously people are really hyped about him. He really did not have – he had an all-right season last year. The reason why I have him as one of my sleepers, we're talking about fantasy – You know, so he can run the ball a lot. You know, you'll see a lot of read options, you know, speed options. He'll get rushing touchdowns, which is a big thing for quarterbacks, especially in fantasy. I think if he can limit the turnovers last year, he had 12 interceptions, which in reality is not too bad. But, you know, try to limit those a little bit. He had some uh, good touchdowns at 20. His yards will probably go up a little bit, completion percentage a little bit. His rating was only 87.4. I expect that to go up. I think he can be a sleeper. Maybe even possibly quarterback one. I think he'll be kind of a quarterback, two, But, you know, if there's a flex position like we're doing in our league where, you know, you can put a quarterback, I think it's a good fit. I think he's going to have a decent year, especially having, you know, weapons like DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah,
0: I didn't put him as a sleeper just because he has a lot of weapons. I think he'll have a better season. I hope he does because he does have a lot more to work with this year. So, I think a lot of people are looking on him and making sure like he has a good season because I think he can, and I think he should with what he has in Arizona. But my last quarterback sleeper, Phillip Rivers. Now, this guy is always slept on. Last year was not a great season for him. He threw quite a few interceptions. But for Rivers, I think with a new team, he can air it out to T.Y., and they've got a lot of young wide receivers that can get the job done and really – get down the field. I think Rivers will have a decent season. He won't throw as many interceptions, and I think just having a switch up in just the scenery I think will help him. He's got running backs as well, um, Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. So we'll see how they split those guys. But Rivers has a lot of weapons as well and should be a decent player this year.
1: You know, I'm not too bought on uh, Phillip Rivers anymore. You know, last year he really had a bad year, like you mentioned. I just don't know if this is if this is it. You know, he's he's getting older. Obviously, he's a veteran quarterback. He's not, like, awful. I, I just don't think necessarily he's as good as he used to be, obviously. And I, I know he's older or whatever. But I think for sure if he has a bad year, this might be the end for Rivers. They only signed him to a one-year deal, I believe. So it's a telling year. He could go either way. I think he's going to be very hit or miss. So I could see him being a sleeper. I think a lot of people will pass up on him. I know I'll pass up on him when I'm drafted. But you know, Philip Rivers not a bad sleeper choice right there. I'm going to go with Cam Newton. Um, obviously you touched on him. He's hungry. He's he's tired of being injured. He's tired of, you know, kind of being pointed the finger at. You know, like you know, you can't stay healthy. You know, you got to win us the Super Bowl. <clears throat> he made it to the Super Bowl, lost the Broncos, but. Honestly, he had a relatively good career, in my opinion, before all his injuries happened. He obviously could run. He could throw. He was, um was the of the, like number one draft pick or one of the best uh, draft picks in his draft class? You know, going to a team like New England, I think, is the perfect fit for Cam Newton. I think Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Not necessarily saying that because they have six Super Bowl wins. I think Bill Belichick is underrated as a coach. I think especially if Cam Newton can have a great uh, bounce back year this year, uh, not only Cam Newton, but Bill Belichick should be recognized because, you know, Bill Belichick losing his key guy in Tom Brady for over 20 years. But Cam Newton, uh, I expect to have a great year, bounce back year. I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. And uh, I think it was, in a way, a mistake for letting Cam Newton go from the Panthers. Maybe it wasn't necessarily a good fit for him anymore, but definitely like Cam Newton.
0: Yeah, Cam was, like he had said, he was really surprised he had gotten dropped. He... He loved Carolina, and he loved that team. And a lot of people forget he won MVP. <laughs> He's a great player, and I think Bill Belichick will get him in line as far as him off the field and him in press conferences, really just trying to settle him down, even in game situations, just trying to humble himself, but still being hungry at the same time to succeed. So I like Cam, but I think we you also, you also touched on this. It's kind of do or die for a lot of quarterbacks. We're kind of getting to the end of a lot of quarterbacks in this, like the last generation. I mean, Roethlisberger, Rogers, Brady, Rivers, all those guys. I mean, they've been in the league for quite a while now, and you can kind of see it. They're kind of getting the last straw, and we're seeing a new set of quarterbacks really come in here. I think the only guy that's really in the middle right now is um, Russell Wilson. Obviously, he's a veteran, but he still has a lot more years to go, and he's a top player. Otherwise... You got new guys coming in like Lamar and Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray and many other guys to go with that. So we'll see who comes up in the next generation, but we are going to see if these older guys can come through in their final career or final seasons, I guess, in their career.
1: Yeah, I, I'd like to say one thing quick. Um, you mentioned it was a, which was a great point. You know, a lot of these quarterbacks come to the end of the career, especially for that generation. You know, you talk about those quarterbacks: Rodgers, Brady, Rivers those guys aren't necessarily known for running, you know. Now we have these quarterbacks that are entering the league, like Lamar, you know, you got Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray, who are, you know, big runners. You know, Brady's obviously not a runner. Phillip Rivers is a runner. So it's kind of a, a shifting style of the NFL, which I kind of like, you know. It's, it's like evolution in a way, you know. You're evolving from one generation where you really just focus on passing to another generation where you're running. So we'll see if these – Older guys can stay in the league. I like seeing, you know, having a mix of both runners and passers. So that was a great point you brought up there.
0: Yeah, I like what you said about kind of just the change of the game. Obviously, more more and more guys are going to be able to scramble. And having that on top of being a thrower, which these guys, they run, but they can air out the ball just like any other quarterback. So adding that running piece to it, it really just evolves that quarterback talent and i think that you're going to have to be a scrambler and a thrower at the same time if you want to succeed in the league now but with that we're going to sleeper running backs all right we spent a lot of time in quarterbacks this might be a longer show but we are going to have some fun mark ingram is my first sleeper running back now i mean he's their clear number one running back i have jk dobbins they just drafted him but I think Ingram will have a solid season. And I honestly think he's projected six touchdowns in most outlooks. But I think Ingram is going to succeed that because if Baltimore smart, they're going to tell Lamar he can throw. But I think he's got to limit his throwing. I don't know if he should be over 1,000 yards again because they realize they've got a big talent there and they've got to limit how much he runs to limit him getting hurt. You kind of saw it with Russell Wilson his first few years. He obviously was a great scrambler, and he still is today, but he limited that. He really just focused on throwing a lot more, and you can see his success. So being able to scramble in key situations is really good, but just really scrambling to scramble is really risky, and I think they're going to dump the ball off Ingram more and more to really get him over, I think, 200 carries and get him a solid amount of touchdowns this year.
1: Yeah, you know, that's a good point there. You know, with Mark Ingram, um, especially with Lamar Jackson, you know, airing the ball out. I think uh, they're going to also try to keep Lamar Jackson as long in the league as possible because, you know, runners especially, you see running backs, you know, kind of have shorter careers just because, you know, it takes a lot of wear and tear on their body. Obviously, they want Lamar Jackson to run, but I can see them limiting it. I think – I don't know necessarily how good Mark Ingram is. I feel like he's in a way kind of a slower running back. Um, kind of where in the league there's a lot of speed guys you know speed corners speed wide receivers I think Mark Ingram is kind of he obviously is a veteran he's kind of fits in that generation thing I'm not necessarily sure Mark Ingram is a you know good running back for that Baltimore Ravens uh, playbook and offense but you know nonetheless he's still an NFL running back he's still in the league so we'll see what ends up happening I'm going to go with uh, kind of like a mix here. I'm going to go with LaShawn McCoy and Ronald Jones. Now, why, the reason why I put both is because I think a lot of t- people are uh, focusing on just Tom Brady and the uh, Mike Evans. You know, all these receivers, Godwin that they have. But they also, you know, they have running backs. They're going to get carries. They're going to get catches from Brady. LaShawn McCoy, being in the league now for a while, played on multiple teams. I think um, LaShawn McCoy is a little bit underrated. He's going to get... Some, you know, pass catches in the backfield. Tom Brady loved throwing it to James White, who was a running back. So don't forget about the Baltimore uh, Buccaneers running backs. You know, I think they're going to be a little sleepers, both LeSean McCoy and Ronald Jones.
0: Yeah, Shady McCoy, he really was a solid fantasy player for a lot of years. And he kind of fell off his second year at Buffalo, something like that. He really just fell off the map out of nowhere and we really really haven't seen a lot from him. He was on the Chiefs last year for a short amount of time, and he's kind of been bouncing around for a while. But he's a solid veteran guy, and I think Brady is going to like a veteran on his team with him to trust because he knows Shane McCoy is a solid player. He's watched him play through the years. So I think he'll get a lot of good carries and catches to accelerate, once again, that Buccaneers offense. My second sleeper at running back. Cam Akers, all right. I'm super high on this guy. Not actually high, but <laughs> high on high on his projections, all right? So Cam Akers, I think he's the clear guy for the Rams. Now, people are saying Daryl Henderson, but Akers is a faster guy and I think the Rams would love a fast guy in there that just gets out of the zone and just jets up the field. Darrell Henderson's more of a goal line kind of guy. So you might see Akers get a few less goal line touches, which could be iffy. But I think over time, if he runs really solid, they're going to keep him in at the end of the drive to get him in the end zone. So I really like Akers, and I think he will surpass his 124 projected fantasy points this year. He'll be a solid player, and I will be looking for him in the
1: draft. Yeah, you know, I think you are a little bit high because I'm not too high than Cam Akers. I don't have him even in my top four or five running backs in uh, from the series draft. But, you know, Cam Akers, I feel more that the Rams are going to focus um, on him next year or the year after. I don't think he's just going to jump into the league and be the number one running back on the team. Now, obviously, it could happen. You know, there's injuries or he might just beat out a player. So I'm not too high on Cam Akers. Um, but anyways, mine is Jonathan Taylor, kind of saying familiar with, Draft choices, you pick Cam Akers, I pick Jonathan Taylor. Now, Jonathan Taylor does have Marlon Mack on his team, so Cam Akers doesn't really have another solid running back on his team. But Marlon Mack, you know, kind of injury-prone as of late. You know, I think Marlon Mack's going to have a really downfall year. I think there's a possibility, a really big possibility he gets injured this year Uh, again because I don't know if he'll be 100% healthy. Uh, You know, a lot of players that get injured never really come back to be the same that they were. So I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get his carries. I thought he was the best running back in the, this year's draft. Um, out of Wisconsin, you know, where they really focus on running the ball, you know, they have good, good running back coaches, offensive line coaches. Jonathan Taylor's only flaw, in my opinion, is he likes to let go of the ball a little bit. I think he can fix that. But other than that, he's really quick. He can catch the ball in the backfield. As long as he holds on to the ball, I think he'll be one of the best running backs uh, in the league in the future.
0: Yeah, I like him as well he's a guy where I just don't love him as much as in fantasy until I really get to see what he does. Same with DeAndre Swift. They're both really solid guys. And I think they're two of the most talented running backs, but they don't have that number one guaranteed spot where Akers and um, Edwards Hilaire do like they just, they're kind of iffy right now. And I don't like that in fantasy necessarily. I like to guy have guys that are certain number one options and, Right now, my number one option here for the Redskins, or did I just say Redskins? Wow, the washington Washington, The Washington football team, Darius Geis. Now, he's super injury prone. He has had a lot of injuries. He really hasn't played a full season yet. But I think he is going to be a big player this year. He's going to stay healthy. This is all just speculation. He's going to stay healthy. Adrian Peterson, he's their backup guy right now. He's an older guy, and... I don't think you'll see a lot of Adrian Peterson unless Geis gets hurt again. I think – the or I couldn't, I keep saying the Redskins. The Washington football team, that's just way too much to say. They need to find a name. <laughs> they have a lot of young guys that they can develop, and they got Haskins, but you never know with their quarterback situation. I'm not going to get into that. Anyways, Geis I think will surpass his only four-touchdown projection, and – I think he'll have a successful season.
1: Yeah, guys, you know, for the Washington football team. Uh, I I love the name there, Washington. Really probably took you a long time to come up with that one. I saw a funny tweet where it's like, you know, the Wash LeBron James was like, Wow, it really took a while to come up with that name and they fired back with your son's name is literally LeBron James Junior. So little beef between those two people or franchise and player. But, you know, Washington, Darius Geis, I think he's a great running back. I just think the issue is he doesn't have a good offensive line to run behind, which is going to cause him to be issue, have issues. Also, you said he's very injury prone. So I'm not too high on Darius Geis. I think he's got the capability to be a great running back. But I think with the Washington offensive line, is just going to be too much. I'm going to go with James White. Been a Patriot his whole career. The reason why I'm going with uh, James White is I think I mean he's one of the best running back that catches running backs that catches the ball in the backfield. His last two seasons he had 87 receptions and 72 receptions, which is insane for a running back. And I think even though Tom Brady is gone, I think having James White, Cam Newton will look to him for dump offs. He'll also probably. You know, if Cam can still run, you know, look for some read options, you know, speed options, whatever the case scenario is. I think he's going to get his touches. And obviously, I picked Sony Michelle last year, and James White was taking over way more than Sony Michelle, So, I like James White here. I think he could be that lead running back for the New England Patriots.
0: Yeah, I like White as well. He was in my lineup here and there, kind of dropped. He's kind of a free agent, waiver wire kind of guy you pick up and drop. But these are all sleeper guys, right? These aren't guys you're going to go and get in before the seventh or eighth round. These are guys that are going to be out there late that I I and Niall think you should gamble on to really make a difference in your team. Because if you get these guys and they succeed and they're staying on your bench, boom, you put them in they could up your fantasy points because they're having a great seasons. So like we said, they're sleepers and they're not number one guys they're just guys that we think have a lot of potential but wide receivers here we go Tyrell Williams now I'm surprised more people don't talk about this guy he is the clear number one option in Oakland or Las Vegas all these teams are changing
1: the Las (laughs) Vegas
0: Raiders all right he has only projected five touchdowns I believe he will have over seven He is a great player, and I think Mariota or Carr, they're going to get the ball to him more. It's going to be really Williams and Waller in that passing game, and I think Williams is going to take over this year in the wide receiver category.
1: Yeah, I like what you were talking about, you know, how we know our stuff. I'd just like to point out uh, that year when Patrick Mahomes, you know, went off his first year, I would just like to say I drafted him in, like, the 12th round. I had him as one of my sleepers, and – Look where it ended up, so I think you're on the right podcast. You're trying to get some information. But I'm gonna go, uh my gosh, I'm lost. Michael Gallup. We're on receivers, right? Yes. Okay, I don't know why this is I think I'm high. Yeah. I thought you were high at K makers, but I think I'm high now. Michael Gallup, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. He's entering his third year. He's only been rising, you know, he pretty much he doubled his receptions from his first year and doubled his yards even doubled his touchdowns so I think uh he can keep getting more receptions yards and even touchdowns obviously they have Amari Cooper but Dak Prescott always seems to throw for a ton of yards I think uh, Gallup's going to get his catches especially in prime situations and I think he'll be a great wide receiver choice and probably a sleeper as you know teams will kind of try to grab this Amari Cooper I think he might go a little earlier than some of the other sleepers we have but don't be shy to take Michael Gallup
0: All right, well, Gallup is not on my sleeper list. He is actually on the other side of the spectrum, but I'll get to him later. My second wide receiver on the Vikings, Justin Jefferson. So they just drafted him, and I think he's going to be a solid number two option there. I think Thielen, obviously, he gets a lot of attention already, but he still gets catches. With Diggs gone, Jefferson kind of has that room to squeak in there. Obviously, I think it's going to be between him and, is it B.C. Johnson? Yep. Really, those two guys have the chance to become number two options. I think both of them could be decent players this season and be solid options for Kirk Cousins, but I think Justin Jefferson will have a more successful season. I thought it was a great draft pick for them. Getting rid of Diggs, I mean, they had to do what they had to do, but now they obviously got another great wide receiver on their team.
1: Yeah, you know, Dresden Jefferson. I thought he was I had him as my number two wide receiver in the draft. I think the Vikings stole him with that uh pick. Love him. I can't wait to have, have him on my team. I'm gonna go with Cortland Sutton. Now another kind of sleeper. Not necessarily the you would say from, you know, last year having over a thousand yards and seventy two receptions, but you know, a lot of people um might overlook Cortland Sutton just because quarterback situation they have Drew Locke, and I'm not at all high on Drew Locke whatsoever. I think Drew Locke is just going to be a complete bust. But Cortland Sutton, he's obviously the number one wide receiver there in Denver. I think as his years go on, especially this year, he's going to get more receptions, more yards, and more touchdowns. Uh, So I like Cortland Sutton.
0: I think Sutton is not even close to a sleeper. I think Sutton is a guy you should go get in the fourth third round I think Sutton is going to be a super good player this year and he's going to be successful my perspective but my third sleeper and he might not even be a sleeper either Christian Kirk so he's going to be the number two option he was our number one option last year in Arizona but they don't really talk about him too much he's a deep um deep kind of player guy that goes goes down the field and gets grabs I think Kyler Murray he's a guy that likes to air it out scramble and air it out and that'll be nice for Hopkins, kind of just to move around. But Christian Kirk will be able to get downfield. And I think he'll he'll be able to be a guy where he's still a risky pick because he's going to be on-and-off kind of guy. I don't think he'll be consistent. But if you put him in the right week, he could put up plus 20 for you. So Christian Kirk, solid player. I'm going to draft him late because he has been in a lot of late mock draft situations. I like Christian Kirk a lot.
1: Yeah, Kirk is all right. You know, obviously he's number two over there in uh, Arizona. Not too sure how I feel about Christian Kirk. I'm going to go with John Brown. Again, another questionable sleeper. Um, I think you, if you're trying to get him, I think you should get him a little bit early because he might fall a little early. But a lot of people might overlook him now that Stephon Diggs is over there. You know, maybe he'll take away some of his receptions and yards. But I think Josh Allen's still going to look uh, to John Brown after having a season with him. I think John Brown, you know, last year had a career high in uh, yards and receptions. Uh, I think it's, next year's going to be, or this year's going to be the same thing even more. Um, so I really like John Brown there.
0: John Brown, solid guy. I think a lot of these guys that are sleepers and really just hidden guys are number two guys in the lineup. They're not the number one big players, but they're the number two guys that might get more attention. And as you've seen in past years, whether it's juju when antonio brown was there or other examples i don't know what to give you right now but you have these number two guys that can put up numbers and if you somehow land on a gold mine they could be your starters by playoff time on the tight ends my first tight end sleeper is eric ebron he's from the colts and obviously the, the colts had kind of an interesting tight end situation they had doyle and Ebron, but they didn't really pick one certain guy because both of them are, I think, talented tight ends. There's a lot of tight ends this year, I think, that are really talented. We went down the list last podcast, and there are a good amount of guys that you could be confident in picking, and I like Eric Ebron a lot. Ben Roethlisberger, obviously, he's back in the lineup. He loves his tight ends, whether it was Vance McDonald, Heath Miller, through the years, it has been shown that he loves his big tight ends in the red zone. And Ebron is obviously a proven guy in the league. He played great for the Colts. Get gets a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. So Ebron is a solid player, and I think he'll be a big sleeper this year. Be your tight end, too, to start the season. And maybe if he really is successful, pick him up off the waiver wire or have him stashed away on your bench.
1: Yeah, I uh, get to Ibrahim later. He's actually on my bus. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Noah Fant as one of my sleepers. Not only is he from the I- University of Iowa, last year in his rookie uh, year had a relatively decent uh, rookie year. You know, 500 yards, couple touchdowns. I think Drew Locke's gonna look to him, especially if they try to establish the run game with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. I think Noah Fant will be great in the play action. I think you will get way more receptions, yards, and even touchdowns. Um, so I like Noah Fant there.
0: Noah Fant's a solid player. He's not on my sleeper or bust list. I probably would have put him at my fourth sleeper. But like I said, there's just a lot of tight ends that are technically sleepers. Really, when you think about tight ends, you think about Ertz, Kelsey, and Kittle. And after that, it's pretty much up in the air, and I guess Gronk. But really, there's a lot better guys than Gronk, and... Really, guys that are, could be better than Ertz this year in my perspective. So there's a lot of guys out there. Maybe we'll have to do a tight end show. I don't know. We'll be mixing it up here in the next month before the season starts. But my second guy, I was just talking about Eric Ebron. talking about Jack Doyle. All right, so Doyle really couldn't get as much with Ebron in the lineup. Doyle is a solid player, and I think now that he's the confirmed number one option, Doyle will have a solid season, and Rivers, he loved Hunter Henry. He loved Antonio Gates. So, Doyle could be a successful guy as well. You got to really look at the quarterbacks and look who they like to throw to. And I think both Ebron and Doyle are going to get a lot of targets.
1: Yeah, uh, Doyle actually I took off my bus list so I could add Eric Ebron. So, I've had both those former Colts or Colts player tight ends on my bus list. I'm going to go with Tyler Higbee. Now, this is probably my number one overall tight end sleeper. Tyler Higbee is entering his fifth year all oh, with the Rams. His first three years, you know, really slow on the average, about 20 receptions. He tripled that in his uh, last season. He also uh, tripled his yards, and he added a couple touchdowns to his list. Tyler Higbee, every mock draft we've done, I think I've gotten him. I think Tyler Higbee is going to be looked past and even – People might think he's a tight end, too. If there's anyone in the draft, your fantasy draft, that I think you should pick up, it's Tyler Higbee. That's my number one player overall. I think Tyler Higby is going to have another great year. Um, I think Goff's going to look to him even more. And Goff didn't even have that great of a year last year. So Tyler Higbee, my number one sleeper overall.
0: I'm not a fan of Higbee. He's on my bust list. You kind of see this back and forth of guys on our busts and sleepers as far as tight ends go. Just because tight ends, there's – so few of them, and really it's up to your opinion and your what you think is going to happen. So I guess we'll have to see at the end of the season who comes up better. So we're going to have to save this script and really see who came up better in the sleeper and bust picks. But my last tight end is Greg Olson. Now, as I'm looking back, I'm kind of regretting putting this. I was up late doing this last time. But Greg Olson is a veteran guy that Russell Wilson, I think, should still look for. I mean, Russell's got Metcalf and he's got Lockett, but Olsen is a great red zone threat and even an open field threat. He's a pretty fast guy for a tight end. And a few years ago, he was up there with Gronk and Kelsey and Ertz really and a tight end top discussion, I guess. So I like Olsen. I think he'll be a veteran guy to come in there and I, I would take a chance on him if you have, need a tight end super late in your draft.
1: Yeah, you know, um, Greg Olson, I don't have any list that I possibly have, but, you know, I think he's kind of focused on other things right now in the football, you know, like broadcasting. So I think it's going to be another off year for Greg Olson. Um, But I'm going to go with Irv Smith Jr., my Minnesota Viking tight end, kind of backup from Alabama. Drafted him last year. Irv Smith really kind of caught onto the scene that last year towards the end of the year. You know Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense, especially with the new offensive coordinator, is really going to look to run the ball. And when you run the ball as effectively as the Vikings did last year, there's going to be a lot of play-action passes which end up throwing to tight ends. So Irv Smith is going to be one of them. I think he's going to get a lot of receptions, yards, even touchdowns in goal line situations. So Irv Smith is my uh, final sleeper tight end.
0: All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see our tight ends and how they end up. But we're going to get to one defense sleeper. Mine is the Seattle Seahawks. Now, you might not think they're a sleeper. I mean, it's the Seattle Seahawks, right? They're known for one of the greatest defenses. But I think they're a sleeper this year. I mean, you got the Steelers, the Packers, the Bears, the Rams. Like, they're all all these defenses that are ranked over them, I think. And really, it's shown in a lot of rankings-wise that Seattle's kind of lower down there. But they just picked up Jamal Adams. Great secondary player they've obviously got Bobby Wagner they've got um what's his name Quandre Diggs and Shaquille and Shaquem Griffin they I mean I can keep going on the list KJ Wright so they've got a lot of guys and they should still be successful I think they can get a lot of interceptions and they can just force a lot of turnovers my perspective
1: yeah, you know Seahawks, you know, they always used to be that one division nuts or, I mean defense not so long ago. Everyone was drafting them with their first choice. But you know, falling off a little bit, I think they'll have a bounce back defense of the year. I like that sleeper choice there by uh, you. I'm gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, mainly because I think the Dallas Cowboys are gonna have a little bounce back of a defense of the year. You know, their defense is really iffy. They do have some good players though on the defensive side. Byron Jones, Demarcus Lawrence, uh Gerard Mer- Gerald McCoy, Alden Smith if he's not and punished by the NFL. I think they have a good defense. I think it'll be kind of a sleeper defense. I'm not really too focused on defense because I'll be dropping a lot of defenses there throughout the year. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys.
0: I like that as well. I think just a mix of, like we said in our last podcast, defenses, picking up off the waiver wire is your smartest decision. But I think right now we're just putting those defenses as, as defense we think could succeed throughout the season. I don't mind the Cowboys, but at the same time, the Cowboys are always shiny. They have lots of toys, but they just, they run out of steam quick. And last year, once again, it showed that they just cannot get it together. All right. That was awesome to do. We are going to QBs. My first bus QB is Nick Foles. Now, we don't even know if he's going to start or if it's going to be Trubisky, but Nick Foles is going to have an awful season. I don't think he is going to be whatsoever solid and being part of the Bears is just it's just a losing culture right now and I think Foles is just gonna fall into that losing culture.
1: Yeah, I agree with uh <laughs> you talk- agree, agree with Nick Foles. I agree with you there about Nick Foles. Similarly, I have Mitch Trubisky as my first bus quarterback. So we got <laughs> two Bears quarterbacks at our bus. Bears cannot seem to figure out their quarterback situation. We all know famously Mitch Trubisky got drafted over Patrick Mahomes, the second overall pick. This is a really telling year for Mitch Trubisky. I think he's going to start as the quarterback. I think uh, Nick Foles will take over throughout the year. But, you know, this is a very interesting year. The the Bears need to figure out something about their quarterbacks because it's not looking too hot for them.
0: Yeah, they might have just go draft someone else again and just get rid of these two guys because Mitchell Trubisky, he had one decent year in the Bears won the playoffs and they obviously missed their field goal. But since that moment, the Bears just have dropped off the map and really haven't been a team that anyone has looked to be a competitor against. So our second bust, my one will be Ryan Tannehill. Now, people give him way more credit than I think he even deserves. He should give all the credit to Derrick Henry. He handed off the ball to him, and I think Henry just ran that entire team into the playoffs and to the ASC Championship. Tannehill has some decent receivers, obviously Davis and A.J. Brown, but it's just it just doesn't seem like Tannehill is going to be a solid player. And I, I think, once again, he's going to get this nice, shiny contract, but I think he's going to really just drop off the map.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they're paying him, but he's pretty much getting paid like $20 million to hand the ball to Derrick Henry, not hyped on Tannehill at all. I don't have him on my bus list. I'm going to go with Tyrod Taylor. Tyra Taylor's had a very interesting career. He's played for multiple teams, you know, the Ravens, Bills, Browns, and Chargers. And now Anthony Lynn, the head coach, uh, says that, you know, Herbert's got to beat out Taylor for the starting job, which I think weird. First of all, I don't even like Justin Herbert, let alone Tyrod Taylor. So now the Chargers are going to try, I guess, to have Tyrod Taylor be their quarterback. don't something that's going to work out for them. I don't think he's really an NFL caliber quarterback anymore. So, yeah, Tyrod Taylor is my second bust.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to agree a lot on these busts. I don't think that Taylor is built for the league. He's more of a CFL kind of guy, honestly, an XFL kind of guy. He's just not at an NFL type throwing or he's he's a half scrambler, half thrower. And his scrambling isn't really good enough to call him successful. And neither is his throwing. So Tyra Taylor, I think, will maybe last two weeks at most. And... We'll see what Herbert can do. We'll see if he can be successful in the league. But my last bust at QB is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G. I didn't think he played that great last year either. These are obviously fantasy busts. I I don't remember a lot of people that had Jimmy Garoppolo on their team. And I don't think he's going to have that great of a season. He really has no options at the wide receiver. He lost Emmanuel Sanders. Debo Samuel was hurt. Um. Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin is gone. So I don't really know what he's going to do. If he, if he wants to dump it off to Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert all game, maybe he'll have some success. But Jimmy G, I don't see them getting even close to another Super Bowl appearance.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you just said about that. I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, I mean, he's on the Browns. We on the Browns. They can't figure out how to win. I think this is a wasted first overall pick with Baker Mayfield. He's has the options. He's got Beckham, Landry. He's got Hooper this year, Chubb, Hunt. I mean, he's got all the players around him. He can't seem to get it together. So, Baker Mayfield, I think it's going to be another rough year for him.
0: I didn't put him on the bus or sleeper list just because I don't know what he's going to do. I really hope, and like you just said, all those guys, he's got it. he's got to have a successful season. It almost seems... It almost seems like a no-brainer that he should have a good season with all the weapons that he has. But then again, it's Baker Mayfield. He had OBJ in the driver's and did nothing last year. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with the Browns. They've got so many weapons, and it's really just a quarterback's dream. You put a veteran quarterback in that Browns lineup, which they really have not done. Like, Imagine if they picked up a veteran quarterback and just let him run with these super talented receivers and running backs They could do more damage than Baker Mayfield. So once again, I agree with you there really all across the board. Those are quarterbacks you want to absolutely stay away from, but we're going to head to running backs. My first bust is Nick Chubb. All right. It is very, very rare that you see a guy that could be going in the second round to be a bust, but, I just have a lot of confidence in Kareem Hunt, and I think the Browns like Kareem Hunt. They want to play him more and more, and Nick Chubb is going to see less carries, I believe, and he's going to have a bad season. I don't know if that's going to be because Baker is going to throw more, or if Baker doesn't play good and that whole Browns team plays like doogies. But Nick Chubb, I just have a gut feeling he's going to have a bad season.
1: I can't believe you'd do that to my Nick Chubb. I could been in like my top 25 for NFL players, but you know, if you're entitled to have your opinion. That's why we have this podcast. I'm going to go with David Montgomery, you know, his first year last year at the Bears. He really only averaged about three yards a carry only, you know, six touchdowns, which isn't all too great or all too bad. It's kind of mediocre. It's pretty much touched touchdown every other game, but Dave Montgomery, I think the Bears are just going to have way too many issues this year. I don't think anything's going to click, especially if, if he has another quarterback midseason. I think it's just going to be rough for him to adjust.
0: Yeah, I don't really know what they're doing with running back either. The Bears are really just – they're lost in the woods. They don't know what's going on. They're in a cornfield, and they are lost. I don't know if they want to keep Cohen in there. Like, they keep playing Tariq Cohen, but at the same time, they keep playing Montgomery. And i if you had him in your fantasy league, you really wish that he could do something – they just didn't give him the ball. And I think you see that a lot with fantasy. Like, unless they're, like, the obvious number one guy or unless they're, like, the number two guy that gets a lot of catches, you're just not going to put them in your lineup because you can't trust them to put up consistent numbers. And Montgomery is just another example of that. But that brings me into Melvin Gordon is another one of my busts. Phil, Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, they're both, I think, really solid running backs and could start in a lot of – teams in a lot of locations, but Melvin Gordon with Philip Lindsay and kind of drew law. I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem right to me. I think it's going to take them a second to adjust. I think Melvin Gordon might be kind of a situation of Blavion Bell like last year. He's in a new system. He's going to have to adjust and I don't think it's going to click well.
1: I'm actually pretty high on uh, Melvin Ingram. Melvin Gordon. Geez, now Um <laughs> I think Melvin Gordon, I you know one two combination, Philip Lindsay, uh, so I think it'd be kind of like Kamara Ingram. We'll see. I'm gonna go with Latavius Murray. You know he he had a brief run with the Raiders and Vikings. Obviously he was insane with the Vikings. He kind of fell off a little bit with the Saints and a little less yards. I wouldn't say necessarily fell off, but having Kamara as the main man, I think next year even I think Kam- uh, Kamara is gonna take the majority of the carries, and that's just not gonna let. Murray um, get any uh, touches, so that's why I have Murray as a second bust for running back. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna agree with you on that one. My last running back bust is Devin Singletary, so he's a guy where he's fast and he he gets decent amount of carries, but they just don't give him the ball in the red zone, so it just it makes it hard to put him in a fantasy position. To succeed, I mean, he's projected three touchdowns this year, and I think that's his. Re- I think his ceiling is four. And they just drafted Zach Moss, who I think could be a decent red zone threat for the Bills. But Devin Singletary, just I don't think he'll be able to get it done this year.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Jordan Howard, another veteran kind of running, not really veteran. He's only been in the league for like four years, but played with the Bears for three years, and then really fell off at the Eagles. In my opinion. He pretty much had three 1,000-yard uh, ga- uh years for the Bears. And then Eagles, he pretty much cut that in half at 500. Um So I think Jordan Howard is going to be kind of another bust for the Miami Dolphins this year. I think, again, the Miami Dolphins are a team that really just has a lot of things mi- mixing up. You know, they got two this year, which is nice. But I don't uh, expect Jordan Howard to have a good year for the Dolphins whatsoever.
0: Yeah, Howard and Brita, kind of two guys that are questionable going into this next year and with the Dolphins. Dolphins. Wow, that echoes. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, so we are going to get into our wide receiver busts. Michael Gallup is my first wide receiver bust. All right, so Gallup is... Like Niall said, he he might have a few more touchdowns this year. He's under Amari Cooper. I honestly think that CeeDee Lamb is going to overpass Gallup, and Gallup will fall to that three spot in their offense. I think Dak Prescott's going to like CeeDee Lamb, his height, and his talent. I think he's a lot more talented than Gallup, and Gallup I think is going to fall off. I mean, he really wasn't that high of a player in my perspective, but I think he'll fall off even more this year.
1: I'm going to go with Hunter Renfro here. I um, I think Renfro, you know, he he was out of Clemson. He had a decent year last year. I just don't really – I've never really been hyped on Hunter Renfro. I wasn't really – I was kind of shocked in a way that the Raiders went out to go get him. Uh, But, you know, we'll see. You know, Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, the two quarterbacks. I think it will be interesting to watch Renfro this year. I just don't think he'll have a good year.
0: I agree with you on that one.
1: My second guy
0: is Mike Williams. I have him here just because the questionable QB situation and just the fact that Michael Mike Williams is the number two guy that, I mean, he gets deep passes, but like I said earlier, you don't really know what Tyrell Taylor, he can't throw that far. And that's how Mike Williams really gets his fantasy points is on those deep throws. Otherwise, he's not a Keenan Allen kind of guy where he just gets catches and catches. He's a deep threat kind of guy. He's kind of a hit or miss. And I don't think he will be someone that you're going to want to put in your lineup this year.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree with what you said about Mike Williams. I'm going to go uh, for a different round. I'm going to go with Sterling Shepard uh, for the Giants as my second bust. You know, he was, uh, he's was he been on the Giants now for a while. The Giants have really never been good. Sterling Shepherd, um now – uh going into his fifth year, I think his receptions and receptions, I mean, yards have gone down every year of his career. So we'll see what ends up happening for him this year.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. He's, um, he's an iffy kind of player. But my third guy is going to be A.J. Green. A.J. Green, my perspective, he's been out. He's had injuries. He's a great player, and he was a great player for the Bengals. But I think you got a lot of young guys in Cincinnati, whether it's Burrow, whether it's Boyd, Higgins now they have, and John Ross. There's just a lot of new guys that are in there and A. J. Green just doesn't really gonna isn't in my perspective gonna fit in the system anymore. He's older. He can maybe help mentor these guys, but as far as playing and fantasy points go, I think he'll get injured or he will have a limited catches.
1: If he stays healthy, I think he'll actually be really good. I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks here. You know, Brandon Cooks really had a downfall last year. I mean, he was injured for a little bit, but cut all his receptions in half and yards. Same with touchdowns. I think is just going to continue to fall downward. I think uh, Goff's going to look to more people such as Higby. So seeing his numbers drop, is never a good sign, especially for fantasy owners. Uh, So Brandon Cooks is my third bust.
0: Will Brandon Cooks be better in your perspective on his new team, the Houston Texans?
1: I'm not thinking he's going to be. I think he's also, you know, kind of been in the league now for a while, and really after playing for the Rams for those two years, it just really showed that he's kind of not necessarily getting older, but kind of just getting a little bit unfamiliar um, with how the league is going. I think he's really just. Falling. I think he's going to keep falling, especially with the Texans. I
0: will also agree with you on that one. Now we're going to get to tight ends. My first tight end bust is Rob Gronkowski. Now, there's been a lot of talk that Rob Gronkowski is going early in tight end rounds, and I just don't see why that is even a possibility. Obviously, Gronk, he will go into the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest tight ends of all time, but he hasn't played in a year, and he's skinnier. And he's not as strong. Not to mention, he's always been injury-prone. This is on top of the fact that now he is coming off a year where he hasn't played football. So I think he's even more injury-prone, and I think you're kidding yourself if you want to draft him. He is a low-end wide receiver, too, in my perspective, and maybe he'll have a good season with Tom Brady. And obviously, it's cool to see Gronk and Brady back together, but I just don't see Gronk having a great season.
1: I'm actually pretty high on Gronk. I think, you know, obviously he took that year off the NFL, but reuniting with his former teammate Brady, you know, they made a lot of magical things happen. So I really like seeing Gronk back with the Bucks in a way. I just think it's it's right. You know, I didn't look right last year without Gronk and Brady together. So I like Gronk. I think he'll be a good tight end in the league. I'm gonna go with Eric Ibrahim as my one of my busts. You know, last year, really down year. I'm not necessarily sure if that's because the Colts just did not want to throw to him. Now that he's with the Steelers, maybe things will be different. Like you said, Roethlisberger likes to hit his tight ends. But I still think Eric Ebron is not going to be too hot. I think he's, you know, kind of getting a little slower, obviously. Um, He's entering his seventh year. And, you know, it wears a lot on tight ends. You saw Gronk retire really early on tight ends. So, we'll see. I just have Eric Ebron as a bust.
0: All right, my next guy is Ian Thomas. Now, he is kind of an unknown name, but I don't think he'll be a successful player at all in the league. He is on the Panthers, and he, I think, will just have a rough season. The Panthers have more. They have McCaffrey, and that's really all they need. They don't. I don't think they're going to look at Ian Thomas too much, and maybe he will end up getting a few touchdowns, but I think – Three is going to be his max, and I think
1: that'll be if he gets a few lucky games. So I'm going to go with Chris Herdone, the fourth tight end for the new uh, New England New York Jets. You know, he kind of had a slow career. You know, still kind of in the league, getting new to it. He only had one reception for seven yards last year. I think he was injured for a little bit of time, and he just wasn't. The Jets were just a mess last year. You know, Bell, um, not I'm not high end Bell. I know you're high end Bell. Sam Darnold, you know, at their quarterback position. I just don't think it's going to work again for him this year. Um, so, yeah, Chris heard Fern down as second best.
0: I actually am optimistic about the Jets. I think the Jets will have a decent season. I mean, like we said, that NFC East is kind of up for grabs now that Tom Brady's gone. I think the Patriots are still the front runner, but the Bills are close behind. And I think the Jets have options to be a decently successful team they lost robbie anderson i mean if you want to say that's another option for the panthers um they had just added robbery robbie anderson which is a great downfield threat but i just don't see um ian thomas and like i said earlier he, him succeeding in the league but my third guy Niall, is loving this dude tyler higby i do not like him whatsoever They've got Gerald Everett as well. And Goff, just he's not a guy where he just has one receiver like Rodgers and Adams or Breeze and Thomas. He he just mixes it around too much. And for fantasy, like Higby's a solid player. But for fantasy-wise, I just can't trust Higby because he can be an on-and-off type of guy. And if Everett's in there getting catches here and there, that takes away from Higbee whereas other guys are the number one tight end option. I just don't love the fact that Everett's in there with Higby.
1: Yeah, you know, that's fair. I'm mean, You have valid points there. I still think Higby's going to be insane. Now, I'm going to go with Tyler Eifert as my third bust. Now, Tyler Eifert obviously is pretty good. Um, I think now entering uh, his ninth year, eighth, ninth year, you know, obviously injuries have plagued him his whole career. He's one of the best tight ends in college coming into the draft. Relatively, when he stays healthy, he's had a pretty good uh, career. Last year, he stayed healthy. Next year, I think he might fall back into having more injuries, and it might be the end for Tyler Eifert. Uh, now, going to a new team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, after spending uh, seven years with the Bengals. be very interesting. I just don't think he'll fit in well uh, with Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like
0: Eifert, but like you said, his injuries are just just killing him. Like just talent wise, I think he's a really good player, and it just doesn't even seem like he's been in the league that long. It's just the fact that we've only seen him play a few seasons, and those seasons that he did play, he was successful with the Bengals. And we'll see if he can stay healthy. But I think if he stays healthy, he'll be a solid option. But I don't know if that's really going to happen at this point. He's had terrible success injury-wise in the league so far, so I don't know if it's going to change now. So, that wraps up our sleepers and busts, but we've got deep sleepers. Deep sleepers are the guys that you're going to take at the very end of your draft, and maybe you just pick them up on the waiver wire week one, just to mess around, and see if they really just come out strong for you. So, I'm going to go through my four. Niall can chip in, or really just say whatever he needs to after every player. My first deep sleeper is Drew Locke. Now, I really don't know a lot about this guy still, but I feel like he has a decent amount of weapons this year, and it's the second year. The Broncos, I think they like this guy, and I think he'll be able to succeed. He's got Jerry Judy on the squad now, Melvin Gordon, obviously, and um, Cortland Sutton. So they've got a lot of guys, and I think Drew Locke would be a decent player this year.
1: Wow, I was really surprised by that. I know my friend uh, Ronnie, if you're listening to this, you'll really like hearing that, but I am not hype on Drew Locke whatsoever. I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. Now, Teddy Bridgewater uh, played for the Vikings for some time, was a starting quarterback, then obviously got injured like right before season, and was the backup uh, for Drew Brees in the New Orleans Saints. I think people are going to pass up on Teddy Bridgewater in the draft, but if you look at it, he... I think he led the Saints to an undefeated record or only lost one game when Drew Brees was gone. He's still got it in the bag. I think people are going to overestimate him. I'm not saying he's a quarterback one. Maybe even he could be a quarterback two. So I don't know why people pass up on him.
0: Teddy Bridgewater, solid option. I think he's a good player and I just don't know how much he's going to succeed with McCaffrey. I mean, the, he's not going to come in there and change up the Panthers' game plan, which is get McCaffrey the ball every time. At least three out of four or two out of three downs every time. So I don't know how he'll do. I hope I hope that he does well. I mean, I like Teddy a lot, and I think he has a lot of potential. He's got decent amount of guys he can throw to. So we'll see. Um, my running back is going to be Zach Moss. So they just drafted him. He is the number two option in Buffalo. Now Zach Moss, he's not going to be a guy that's going to get carries a lot. He's really just going to be a red zone threat. So he's really deep. Like this is deep sleepers, right? So Zach Moss, maybe De- Devin Singletary gets hurt, and Zach Moss will come in. He's he's more of a how can I compare him to people? He's not a Frank Gore. He's a faster Frank Gore almost. So he'll but he's big. He's my, he's like Marshawn Lynch almost. So I think Zach Moss will be decently successful, and if he gets playing time, you'll see a few touchdowns here or there on your Red Zone channel.
1: Yeah, you know, Zach Moss, very interesting. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor, my boy. I mean, I love Jonathan Taylor. I could talk to talk for him about hours. Just watching him in Wisconsin torture my Iowa defense is just so fun to watch. Jonathan Taylor, you know, the reason why I put him as a deep sleeper is I think people are going to pass him in the draft. Obviously, I think he's going to get drafted um, in fantasy, but – he could be one of those players, in my opinion, that are going to be kind of slipping, you know, during the fantasy draft. I think he's, honestly, once he gets that, I think he'll get that starting job in Indianapolis, if not start of the season, halfway through the season. I think he might be a good addition to have just on your bench, until you know, until Marlon Mack gets hurt or until the middle of the season comes. So I'm really high on Jonathan Taylor.
0: I like Jonathan Taylor as well. I'd almost put him out of a sleeper. I think he's a really solid guy. I think he has a lot of expectation coming into the league now. I mean, obviously Heisman winner. He's a he's a big is, what did he win Heisman? I think he was I a, think he, I, he was a percent. he was a final at least he was a finalist. Let's search yeah. it up.
1: Do, do, so Jonathan Taylor, solid
0: player out of Wisconsin. Um he did not win Heisman. He was a Heisman snub, but he obviously Played really great in college and was obviously one of the top running backs out of the draft. But on to receivers. So I mentioned him a little bit earlier, Chase Claypool. Now, he's a wide receiver that's deep. Now, I don't even consider CeeDee Lamb or Justin Jefferson or Jerry Judy, honestly, deep sleepers because they're going to jump into the system and be guys that are expected to get catches and stuff. But Chase Claypool, kind of like a third wide receiver option for the Steelers right now under Juju and Deontay Johnson. Claypool is a really big guy. Go search him up. He's um he's from Notre Dame, and I think he'll be a really big red zone threat. And I think Roethlisberger is going to actually enjoy having him in the red zone because he's so big, and he can just throw the ball up to him. Obviously, Steelers like to throw. Claypool, another guy that's tall and I think can make a difference for that offense.
1: I'm going to go with Golden Tate as uh, mine. I think, obviously, Golden Tate's a household name in the NFL as far as wide receivers. Why I consider him a deep sleeper is because he's been in the league now for over 10 years. He started his career at the Seahawks, then Lions, and Eagles, and now Giants. I think people kind of like Jonathan Taylor are going to pass up on him when there's no need to. He still gets targeted a lot by Daniel Jones. Um, and I think he's going to continue to get the receptions, yards, and touchdowns need to get high fantasy points. I
0: love Golden Tate as much
1: as you do. The Giants are an interesting team, right? Um,
0: I think what you said about Shepard, I think Shepard might honestly fall to the third option there. They have they have a decent amount of wide receivers. They're just really overlooked. Or, yeah, overlooked. I think they have Slayton, or right? Slayton, they have yeah, Shepard, and they have Tate. So I think Slayton will be the number one guy. He got he had a pretty decent season. But I think Jones was kind of feeling out his receivers. This year, he's really got to lock in on who he wants to throw to because you see that with successful quarterbacks, they have their guy that they just get it to and they trust. And I think Slayton will be that guy. But Tate, a solid second option, maybe even rises to that first option in New York. I like him a lot. My tight end, deep sleeper. Darren Fells on the Houston Texans. So, I mean, there's a lot of tight ends this year, but Fells really isn't talked about whatsoever. Fells had a few good plays last year, but I think that with David Johnson, they might run a little more play action. And Darren Fells, I think, will get a little more actions this year, especially with DeAndre Hopkins gone. Watson's going to look to another guy, and I think Fells is that next guy up in line. They've got Cooks obviously new addition, and they have Fuller. But those are both guys that are big plays downfield. But I think you're going to see Fells get a lot of those short catches that if you're in a PPR league will add up over time, and I think he will be a successful player. So go grab him if you need a tight end really late in your draft.
1: Yeah, I like Fells, definitely. I think I was uh, high a little bit when I was talking about Brandon Cooks. I was totally daydreaming, and for some reason I was talking about him on the Rams when he's on the Texans. But I think Fells is going to be a good option, uh, especially with Hopkins gone. I'm going to go with Kyle Rudolph, another Vikings tight end. reason why is because Kyle Rudolph's going to get his catches, similar to Irv Smith. A lot of people are going to look at him and be like, you know, he's kind of getting old. You know, he's not going to get the catches or touchdowns. I think that's the opposite. I think Cousins is going to look for a veteran guy, um, especially in Kyle Rudolph, who always seems to make incredible catches. So I have Kyle Rudolph there. Do you think Rudolph or Irvin will
0: have a better season?
1: It's hard to say right now. I think it's going to be very similar. I think Rudolph might get the edge over Irv Smith just due to experience in the league. Um, You know, Cousins is going to obviously throw to Smith, but he knows Rudolph's been in the league for a little longer. I think it's going to be very similar, though. Both tight ends are going to be great tight ends this year.
0: I like their tight ends, um, their tight end situation there in Minnesota. I just don't know if I like either of them in fantasy-wise, just because I feel like they're almost at the same level. To where you can't really pick one or the other. It's not where it's like. It's not one obviously obvious option. So obviously I think they'll have good seasons. But fantasy wise. I don't know if they'll be able to put up huge numbers for your team. That wraps up sleepers busts. And deep sleepers for sure. So now we are on to rookies. This will be a short segment. Short and sweet. But. We kind of wanted to cover this, add it on at the end, just to um, really add into it and make it a little more interesting. So we're going to go quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. This is all kind of fantasy-wise as well. So my top three rookie quarterbacks. First is Joe Burrow. Obviously, we've talked about this over and over again. He played great at LSU, and he will have a lot of weapons coming into his first year. So I'm interested to see what Joe Burrow does.
1: Yeah, for sure. Joe Burrow, my number one player as well. Not much to say other than I think he's going to have a great NFL career. Uh,
0: Tua. Tua. Tua, Tua, Tua. I don't, I'm not going to say his last name. Just <laughs> because I don't want to mess it up. So I like Tua a lot, and I think he'll be able to scramble. Obviously, he got injured, and hopefully that won't mess him up for the rest of his career when he got injured at Alabama. But I think he'll have a decent season and I'm going to rank him at the two spot just because he will most likely start or be right behind Fitzpatrick.
1: Yeah. Again, Tua a Viola, I believe is how you say it. I love Tua; he was one of my top two, obviously behind Burrow. I think he's going to be underrated just due to his injury. I think he's going to have a great NFL career, especially this year. I think he'll get the nod at starting quarterback. If not, I still think he'll play a lot this year.
0: Now, I have Justin Herbert at three. I think there's better skill-wise quarterbacks, but I ranked him at three because he actually has the potential to play during the season. So, Herbert, he could be a decent player. I think he might honestly develop into the Phillip Rivers that the Chargers once had. So, Justin Herbert, interesting player. We'll see how he does once Tyrod Taylor gets out of that first QB spot.
1: Yeah, you know, Herbert, I was trying to figure out another quarterback to put in here because there's really no definite, you know, you kind of got Herbert back up, love backup. you know, those are just some of the quarterbacks. I'm going to go with just a wild card here for fun. Jalen Hurts. I really was hyped on Jalen Hurts. I thought it was a great idea by Doug Peterson and his gang to go out and get Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he can run the ball a lot. Kind of reminds me of Kyler Murray. He can throw the ball as well. I think he'll be kind of fitting in kind of like a Taysom Hill. I also, you know, we all know Wentz is very uh, injury prone. So I think he will be able to have, you know, some time this year at quarterback. I also think they're going to put him in a good amount of times too, to keep Wentz healthy. Uh, so he doesn't go back to his injury woes.
0: Yeah, I think it was really questionable when they did draft him, but Hurts a solid option. And like you said, Wentz gets hurt a lot and they want a guy that they can trust when, once does get hurt because I think they all know that at some point in the season, whether it's one or five weeks, they're going to want a quarterback that can lead them to a playoff a position like they did with Nick Foles. So that brings us to running backs. My first running back, obviously with Damian Williams gone now, I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there. So he's going to get a lot of action. Obviously, he's on a great offense, great coaching staff. I think he'll have a lot of success and should be an interesting player this year.
1: Yeah, I was iffy about Clyde Edwards or Hilaire, whatever you say his name. He's not even in my top four running backs. But, you know, Andy Reid knows what he's doing out there, so I trust him. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. I keep saying his name. There's no need to keep explaining what he does. He's just going to be a beast as long as he can stay healthy.
0: All right, my number two rookie is Cam Akers. We talked about him earlier, or at least I did. And I think he will be able to take over that number one running back spot in the open field and really just cut loose for that Rams offense. So I like him a lot.
1: I'm not high on camp makers. You know, you, for some reason, are. If if he ends up having a great year, you know, turn around and be like, man, you knew what you were talking about. I think you're crazy. I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. I think he's really talented. I love um, him over at Georgia. I think he's going to transition well to the NFL and have a pretty good NFL career. So my third rookie
0: running back, it's almost a three slash four, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift, two guys you just mentioned. And like I've said over and over again, I hate teams that have two running backs. I just don't like to draft them. And I mean, my strategy has worked in the past few years, just drafting guys that have single running back top positions. Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, they're going to be great running backs. It just really depends on how much their offense coordinators want to play them and involve them in the offense. Obviously, Matt could get hurt and um, carry on Johnson. Is it carry on or Karan? <laughs> carry on. Carry on. <laughs> I think I said Karan Johnson last year yeah. in our <laughs> one of our first podcasts.
1: Oh, that was awesome.
0: Niall ripped me for that one. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, he had a decent season until, actually, no, he didn't. He got hurt and he had a terrible season. So that was a bad pick by me. And that's why I'm just gonna stay away from the Detroit Lions running backs and I would not I wouldn't draft Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift at this point just because I don't know how much they're gonna play. But they're rookies and we'll see how they develop in the league.
1: Quick question, you'll have to edit this out. If I left the recording, would you still be able to go? Would you? No. If so if I left the recording, the recording ends. Yes. Okay, we got to make this quick. i got to dip in like five minutes. Um, I'm just going to go over two running backs quick because i got to dip. J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon, both kind of 3-4. I think they're going to have great careers. You know, A.J. Dillon, once Aaron Jones is gone. Same with J.K. Dobbins. I think he'll eventually take the starting role. Those are my running backs. And then wide receivers, Ruggs, my number one wide receiver. I think he's incredibly quick. He's going to be great for the Raiders. Jefferson at number two, plays for Minnesota Vikings. You know, great wide receiver. I think he's going to fit well with Adam Thielen and B.C. Johnson. Jerry Judy, number three, I think he's a great fit with the Broncos. Another key receiver. Key Higgins, I love with Joe Burrow on the uh, uh, Bengals. And Brandon Ayuk, I really like this pick out of Arizona State.
0: All right, so I'm going to name off my five quick. I don't know where Niles going.
1: But... he got baseball. Oh, he's got baseball. All okay, right,
0: so we got CeeDee Lamb at my number one. Jerry Judy at number two. Jalen Rieger, I think he'll be a big player. For the Eagles at three, Justin Jefferson at four, and Michael Pittman Jr. at five. All right, so Niall's got a dip. Thank you for coming to the truth and listening to this 78-minute podcast.
1: Yeah, I think we may be underestimated how long this is going to go. It's good, though, because we got quality information on a lot of key players here. You know, sometimes life just gets in the way of things. We've been working on podcasts for probably an hour and a half to two hours. You know, so we just have life that goes on. You know, we, we're able to get through this podcast. A lot of rookies, it's hard to judge by just because they're young and haven't been in the NFL yet. But I appreciate you guys listening. We both do. And Ben, take the outro away.
0: All right. And that is the truth. Have a good day. And we will be back with another edition of 32 Teams in 32 Days tomorrow with the Minnesota Vikings. Tune in and peace.